Hey mamas, I'm Alyssa, registered dietitian, picky eating specialist, and mama of two. You're listening to the Nutrition for Littles podcast, aimed at helping you raise healthy, independent eaters. Each week, we will tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby led weaning, and so much more. Let's jump right into today's topic. Hey, hey, you guys, welcome back to the podcast today. We are talking all about sleep and nutrition. Sleep and nutrition are so linked. And it's really interesting because every time I find a sleep consultant on Instagram, we connect, you know, we just talk about how how connected they are and how similar the approach is around parenting and sleep versus parenting and nutrition. So it's super interesting, but even more so on like a super nerdy level, nutrition impacts our sleep and of course sleep impacts our nutrition. And so we're going to talk a little bit today about how that cycle plays out for our little ones. Now, what I'm not going to talk about today is night weaning. So if you have questions about night weaning your little one, I will get to that in a uh, further episode. I might even bring on a certified lactation consultant uh, to talk more about that. Um, and we can kind of discuss a little bit more of that process. So if you have any questions about weaning, night weaning, um, really anything around breastfeeding even too, let me know. You can email me at Alyssa at nutritionforlittles.com or send me a quick DM over on Instagram at nutritionforlittles. And let me know what, what questions you have so we can uh, make sure that's covered when I have a guest on talking more about that. So today's episode really is about what can we do if our little one isn't sleeping? What can we do nutritionally to help them? But also what can we do vice versa if they're not getting good sleep to adjust their nutrition um, or rather the inverse? And so we're going to talk a little bit through that. Of course, as a dietitian, not a sleep expert. Let me repeat, I am not a sleep expert. So I will, of course, be be bringing more of the nutritional standpoint to this conversation around sleep, um, but certainly not so much about the sleep, if you know what I mean. So let's get into it. So there are kind of five things that I want to talk about, um, but really three big ones that I want to talk about when it comes to nutrition and sleep. So the first one is probably the most important, in my opinion, and um probably the one that's skipped most often, especially when talking about picky eaters, and that is gut health. So gut health is so important for us as adults, for sure, but especially for our kids. They're still developing their immune system, which is directly related to their gut health. And so gut health, believe it or not, is impacted almost um I would say dramatically by our quality of sleep and vice versa. So our gut health impacts if we're sleeping well, if we can fall asleep easily, if we stay asleep at night and how we are sleeping impacts if our gut health is thriving or struggling. And so gut health is super important. Now with picky eaters, you may have heard me talk about this before. The biggest issue that picky eating can lead to, in my opinion, um, or at least in the short term, is poor gut health. And that's because there's not a variety of foods. So variety is extremely important when it comes to producing a healthy gut microbiome. Uh, Variety is one of the most important things, not eat this, don't eat that. It's more so about eat a variety of different foods to support that gut microbiome. So our gut microbiome, if you don't know, is made up of billions and millions of different um, bugs, essentially, bacteria. 
And one of its main jobs is to keep us healthy. It helps us digest our food. It helps move food through our GI tract. It helps control what type of good or bad bacteria get through our gut lining. Um, If we get sick or not, it's like the number one protector of our immune system. So our gut microbiome is super important. There's so much more to to gut health, including things like direct links to poor mental health, if you have poor gut gut health, um, all these sorts of things, right? And so if you haven't looked into it, it's incredibly fascinating how much the gut really does control in our body. I actually had, um, I was on a podcast, it was a very interesting conversation around gut health. And we had talked about just, we couldn't even come up with one part of our system or body or mechanisms that our body performs every day that isn't affected by our gut. I mean, it is so, so crucial. So it really is important. And unfortunately with picky eating, the biggest issue is gut health because they're just not eating that variety of food. They're not getting an input of, you know, hundreds, thousands, millions, billions of different types of bacteria is if they're only eating a handful of food. So that variety is super, super important. Um, so of course, how that affects our sleep in a multitude of different, different ways, if our gut health is suffering, our mental health is suffering, if our mental health is suffering, our sleep is going to suffer. If our gut health is suffering, our immune system is suffering, we get sick more often. Of course, we know we don't sleep as well when we're getting sick, when we're currently sick, even when we're recovering. Uh, it also affects our circadian rhythm. So if you haven't heard about this before, this is essentially the rhythm that our body follows throughout the day. So a 24-hour cycle, when we get sleepy, when we're awake, all those sorts of things are part of our circadian rhythm. It is really interconnected. They're still learning a lot about it, honestly, but it is really interconnected with so many of our different bodily functions and including our gut. In fact, our gut, the microbiome that's in there, it's like its own world essentially has its own circadian rhythm. So if we're eating at times we shouldn't be eating, um, or our kids rather, and, or us, honestly, um, or, you know, not giving that gut a good, like allowing it to do its thing on its rhythm, it can actually interfere with that microbiome. And when we interfere with it, it gets disrupted. And when it's disrupted, it's just not as effective. And so that's really interesting when it comes to sleep, because sometimes people and kids might wake up in the middle of the night and we think it's just, oh, they had a bad dream or whatever. But if it's consistent and persistent, it could actually be their gut waking them up their gut can be the very thing waking them up because it's either digesting or it's causing reflux or um, it's over it's working really hard or it's trying to um, exert energy or it's allowing things in that it shouldn't be allowing in because our gut health also directly impacts our hormones and how our hormones are formed, if they're formed, if enough of them are formed, all those sorts of things to do the jobs that they're supposed to do. So our hormones are directly related to the functionality of our gut and if our hormones are getting the things they need, like precursor wise to be formed from our gut. So it's all interconnected and our hormones, um, I'm sure you know, sleep is hormonally controlled. So when you get sleepy, if you stay asleep, how long you stay asleep, all this is controlled primarily by hormones in your body. And so if you're not getting what you need through your gut and you're not getting the support you need, the precursors to make those hormones, then of course it's not going to sleep well. So in fact, you might even hear your doctor might ask you about your child or even about yourself. Do you wake up in the middle of the night? Um, do you find yourself waking up? And some of you might be like, oh my gosh, I wake up every morning at, or every <laughs> night at 2, 13 a.m., right? So that could actually be a sign of poor gut health. Uh, same thing goes with your kids. So really important to get that variety. So let's go back to what we 
we can do nutritionally, right? So a variety of foods, even if it's small steps towards variety, super, super important. Of course, this is something I teach here on the podcast. Um, in depth inside Table Talk, my passive course that you can take um, right now. The link is down below. It'll teach you how to expand how many foods your little one is eating, the variety that they're eating, um, all those sorts of things. Of course, uh, getting a variety doesn't have to be this huge pendulum, but it it is really important to get even just a variety of different fruits and vegetables every week, proteins, things of that nature. Okay, I want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's podcast episode, not only for sponsoring, but also for the work that they do. Today's episode is sponsored by Safe Beginnings First Aid and CPR course. Holly from Safe Beginnings believes that being able to confidently react in an emergency is the peace of mind that every family deserves. And I agree. I want you to feel empowered to keep your family safe by taking her online first aid and CPR course, just like I did. I have taken a lot of CPR trainings over the years, and Holly's is by far my favorite. It's clear, concise, easy to follow, and truly puts your mind at ease as a mom. No matter the age or stage of your little one, this course is a must take. A quote I once heard by Max Mayfield has always stuck with me, and I want to share it with you. He says, preparation through education is less costly than learning through tragedy. And I don't want to be a downer, but this could not be more true when it comes to our kids. It's time to start feeling confident at the table, and I want you to get started today by clicking the link in the description box below and use my code Alyssa20 for 20% off. Trust me, this is a decision you will not regret. All right, now back to the show. And then fiber. Fiber is super important for our little ones. So babies, you know, just need about two to 10 grams per day who are six between six and 12 months of age. Uh, toddlers, one to three, need about 19 grams per day and four plus need 25 grams per day. Um, so really paying attention to the fact that they're getting enough fiber. Fiber is fickle. That's what I always say. Fiber is fickle. So too much or too little can both cause GI disturbances and, um, you know, constipation, diarrhea. I'm sure we've all been there before. And so keeping them on top of their fiber is super important. So that's on gut health. Now let's shift gears a little bit into talking about vitamins. So vitamins, of course, come from the food that we eat um, and are really important in the production of and the control of those sleepy hormones. So not only in the hormones, whether the production or the efficiency of those hormones, but also in the um, support of neurotransmitters that help promote sleep and limit nerve transmission, which of course during sleep we don't want a ton of, right? We want to be relaxed and all those sorts of things. So some really important vitamins to pay attention to, especially for toddlers um, or young children, picky eaters are things like vitamin D. So vitamin D help actually regulate your sleep and wake cycles. So if you're not getting enough vitamin D, it could be very easy for you to become overly tired. So vitamin D is crucial for our little ones. Now here's the thing, especially around vitamin D, you can't get enough from food. I mean, it is nearly impossible to get enough vitamin D from food. And then of course it's activated in the sun. We've heard this before, like getting outside and getting some sun on your skin, 15 minutes a day minimum. Um, but even in, especially here in America, it's just not it's not always enough. And so we probably want to be supplementing about the, with vitamin D. This is one of the supplements that I almost blanket recommend to every child, every parent. Of course, talk with your doctor, um, but everyone should be pretty much supplementing with vitamin D. So pay attention to that. And um, vitamin D also plays a huge role in our stress um, 
hormones as well and our immune system and the production of melatonin, which we know is the sleepy hormone, right? And so paying attention to vitamin D can be really crucial. In fact, I saw a huge difference with my son and how quickly he could fall asleep when we started supplementing with vitamin D um, because it helps regulate those sleep-wake cycles. So um, that makes complete sense. Plus it helps form melatonin, which helps you feel sleepy. Okay, the next vitamin I want to talk about here is iron. So iron is, of course, a crucial mineral that most kids are deficient in. So I'm sure you know this, but babies need like the most iron, like as much as an adult male because their iron stars start to deplete. And then um, if your little one is picky, a lot of times that pickiness comes across as not eating meat. And meat is our best source of iron, especially red meat. And so if your little one's not eating red meat, it can cause issues with being low in iron. And being low in iron can cause Uh, extreme fatigue. Now, a lot of us think, oh, if I'm fatigued, I can just fall asleep right away. And that's actually not the case. So fatigue can actually interrupt your sleepiness um, and interrupt the hormones that are filled because fatigue leads to stress and stress impedes those hormones. All these sorts of things are interconnected, right? So fatigue is actually not what we want, especially especially chronic fatigue, which can cause uh, or which can be caused by low iron. So that's really important to make sure your little one's getting enough iron. Um, again, paying attention to the foods that you're serving, how you're serving the iron uh, for or the iron rich foods. I actually have a podcast episode all about iron, so you can scroll back and listen to that. Some really great tips in there um, and specific foods and ways to increase their iron um, in there as well. All right, the next kind of two things I want to talk about in tandem, um, their minerals or electrolytes are magnesium, calcium, and I guess potassium as well. So uh, I guess all three, (laughs) we'll throw all those in there. So all three of these are super important for heart health, um, how we use the proteins that we eat, the amino acids, um, which are the building blocks of proteins, how we use those, which all actually support not only the neurotransmitters uh, that are helping support sleep and staying asleep and limiting those nerve transmissions. But it's also really important for heart health and being able to stay asleep. So really, really important there. Magnesium is actually one of the top deficiencies we see across the world, especially in America right now. Um, Our soil specifically is deficient in magnesium, which means our food is deficient in magnesium. So this is another one that could be um, considered to be supplemented with, of course, talk with your doctor. Um, But that is one that I certainly supplement with currently, especially while pregnant, uh, because we are so depleted in magnesium. So those are kind of just generally like nutrition, vitamins, minerals, electrolytes, those sorts of things that can be helpful to regulate sleep or even just kind of assess, you know, where things are at. So the next topic I want to kind of touch on here around eating and uh, or sleeping and eating and nutrition and how it affects our sleep is the timing of our meals. So what's really important here is our blood sugar regulation. So we might be thinking, oh, my little one is perfectly healthy. They don't have diabetes. They don't need help with their blood sugar. They actually do. And so all of us as humans, diabetes or not, of course, need help regulating our blood sugar. And that's because although we can regulate it ourselves if we don't have diabetes, we don't want to be constantly spiking and crashing in our blood sugar and constantly inputting food so that our body never has rest. So blood sugar... It has so many different functions around our body. It serves our cells up with glucose, which is the um, energy source of our cells that it needs to function, right? Especially our brain. So it's really important to have um, 
glucose input, right? So we need to be eating these foods. However, we don't want an excess supply of blood sugar in our blood. It stores it, it causes excess energy to be used, all these sorts of things. So blood sugar is really important for that sort of balance. But even more important, blood sugar directly affects our gut health, right? It all comes back to gut health and our cortisol levels. If our blood sugar is constantly spiking and crashing or constantly um, too much blood sugar or really glucose in our blood, then we can cause stress to our body. And when we are stressed, that affects, again, our gut health, our sleep hormones. It inhibits things. Our body our body under stress and our body not under stress um, is chronically, specifically, functions very differently, which we're grateful for because it's important when we're under chronic stress for our body to function differently. But when we're not actually under chronic stress and we're just accidentally causing the stress to our body by eating too often, too frequently, um, or going long periods of time without eating that's not good, right? Because we're not actually being chased by a tiger. We're not actually in, you know, a famine or whatever that might be. And so we actually just want to make sure that our little ones are being fed every about two to three hours or so a balanced meal, trying to keep those blood sugars nice and level. So that's really important with timing. Also eating too close to bed. I'm sure you've heard this can cause some indigestion, some difficulty sleeping, not in every kid, not in every situation, uh, but just something to be mindful of, especially if you're struggling with sleep. Mama, I see you. You're tired of making different meals and crossing your fingers that tonight might be the night where they actually try those veggies. You're so tired of putting things on the plate just to watch them not get touched. Maybe you're even feeling stuck in a never-ending cycle of bribing, begging, bargaining to get your little one to eat. Maybe you feel like they wouldn't eat anything unless you count down their bites or even feed it to them. I bet you're even worried that they're just not getting enough and certainly not enough of the things that you know that they need. You're not sure that they're reaching their full potential living off pizza and goldfish crumbs. You're ready for a change or else you might just throw in the towel altogether. Maybe you're feeling like you're at your wit's end with picky eating and feeling like nothing will work. You need a plan to finally beat picky eating and get back to enjoying meals again. If this sounds anything like you, then this program was literally made for you. Table Talk is the picky eating program that works. It's the program that teaches you to be your own feeding expert because at the end of the day, you know your child best. And feeding kids shouldn't be this hard. Picky eating can take over your life feeling like every meal is worse than the last. It's time to reclaim your kitchen and actually start enjoying meals together. Table Talk is a targeted program that teaches you the strategies and methods that kick picky eating to the curb for good. Take it from Lola, who's a mom of a little one who she was ready just to throw in the towel altogether about picky eating. But then she took Table Talk. And at the end, she said, since taking Table Talk, my daughter's foods, likes and loves is over a hundred. Can you imagine what it would be like for your little one to like or love over a hundred foods? Throughout the Table Talk program, you'll learn how to get them to eat more variety and new foods, make sure that they're eating the right amount, and finally have peaceful meals again as a family. You'll learn how to stop pressuring them to eat and what to do to encourage them without pressuring. Plus, you will feel confident at the table knowing that everything you're doing is leading to raising a healthy, happy, and independent eater. All right, you can click the link in the description box below to enroll in Table Talk today. And when you do that, you will also get my Demystifying Desserts mini course completely for free. This course teaches you how to take desserts off the pedestal and put them back where they belong and end the obsession with sugar. 
All right, click the link in the description box below to get started today. Okay, so those are kind of the big ones. I do want to touch a little bit on fats. So our culture, especially here in America, has tended to have a history of fearing fats, but fat is super important, especially for children, babies, toddlers. They need fats. Their brain is developing. They are truly growing at a really astronomical rate. And fat is really energy dense. And so we need those fats, um, not only for growth and for brain development, but also because it's the precursor to hormones, specifically sleep hormones. So if we want them to produce those sleep hormones in a healthy way, they need to be first eating fat. So of course, incorporating healthy fats, avocado, coconut, some olive oil, you know, those sorts of things, full fat dairy, those healthy fats can be really helpful in regulating those sleep hormones that they're made daily and effectively. So these are really, really important. And oftentimes I see babies being fed fat-free foods, right? Like it's very easy just to feed them a fruit or just even a vegetable or something along those lines and be skipping the fats. We definitely want to make sure we're giving them that fat. Plus omega-3s in fats uh, decrease inflammation and help regulate that circadian rhythm. So super important there as well. Okay. Let's just talk really briefly about some hormones, right? So We have some sleepy time hormones, right? Melatonin, serotonin, those things all regulate how we sleep, if we're sleepy, how we fall asleep, if we stay asleep, those sorts of things. So these hormones can be really crucial and we want to make sure we are supporting them and not interfering with them. So um, did you know there's also foods that contain melatonin naturally? So we can talk another day about supplementing with melatonin like gummies. We've certainly done it in our household. It's not something I recommend, especially for long term. Um, There is some research kind of in indicating some issues with puberty, things like that, if we're relying on it. Um, it's also, you don't want to rely on it because the more you supplement with it, the more your the less your body makes. And so we actually don't want that. We want to support our body making melatonin on its own and or introducing it via food. So I guess it's my little rant on that. Maybe we don't have to do a whole podcast on it, but I'm um, really helpful to know. So we don't actually want to supplement that if we can help it. That being said, we can support it. Things like B6, tryptophan, keeping our cortisol levels low, like we talked about already in this episode, and then including some melatonin-rich foods, which is really interesting. So things like walnuts, oats, eggs, fish, tart cherries, grapes, tomatoes, breast milk, all of those things have melatonin in them already that help support the continual production of melatonin. So super helpful there in keeping us sleepy. All right. Some honorable mentions that I want to talk about before we wrap up here is, of course, sleep and nutrition are linked in multitude of different ways. We went through a lot of that and how we can support our sleep through nutrition. But our sleep also impacts our nutrition and what we want to eat, what we actually eat, what we crave, all those sorts of things. So if we're getting poor sleep, it's very easy for the next decision to be a poor balanced diet. And that is because when our body is operating off of less sleep than it should, it craves quick, fast energy. When I say that in your head, you should hear carbs. Now there's nothing wrong with carbs. Carbs are important. I love carbs. Kids love carbs. They need carbs. They need more carbs than adults. We need that. However, when we crave carbs and that's all we tend to eat, right? Our blood sugar spikes and crashes and spikes and crashes. We want to make sure we're balancing it out. And so really what's important here is to know that one affects the other and the other affects the other. So really it can be such a cycle to get stuck in 
that I believe the first thing we need to do is support our nutrition to support our sleep. Because once that sleep gets on a roll, it'll be easier to make those decisions with food later down the road. It'll be easier for your kids to say yes to things like an avocado when they're sleeping well at night, believe it or not. The other thing too, of course, to think about is food intolerances um, or allergies. I've heard so many stories of the only symptom of a food intolerance was improper sleep and it turned out to be a certain type of food. And so paying attention to that, bringing that up with your doctor um, can be really helpful working with a dietitian to figure all that out. Or of course, allergies can impede sleep as well. So food allergies, if they're teething, you know, those sorts of things. And then also if they're eating too much or too little can affect their quality of sleep at night and caffeine. And now caffeine, of course, most parents aren't giving their kids like a double shot espresso, but some parents are feeding their kids chocolate a lot. And chocolate has a very small amount of caffeine, so I'm honestly not worried about it. However, if you're struggling with sleep, this might be something that you can assess and um, maybe pull back on for a bit and try a different type of sweet in your house and see if that makes a big difference. So I hope this episode was helpful for you guys. I know that there's a lot packed in. It's kind of nerdy, but I hope that you enjoyed it. And I hope you grabbed some tips that you could work on in your home. And maybe it just opened your eyes to the fact that these two things are so linked that working on one will likely impact and help the other. Um, But either way, I hope you come back next week for a brand new episode and I will see you then. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review, which also helps other mamas like you find this podcast too. You can find more from me on Instagram at Nutrition for Littles. Do you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast? Email me at alyssa at nutritionforlittles.com. All right, until next time, mamas.